Dirt Life Show with your host, George Hamill. Welcome to the Dirt Life Show. I am Bella Richard, your host for the evening. Um, we are filming episode four of Bella's Corner. So today we're taking a little bit of a different approach. Um, we are interviewing the man, the myth, the legend, George Hamill, who interviews everybody else. So should be exciting. Um, behind us we have Zach. He's producing this episode so if you guys have any questions or comments just leave them down and we will get to them so. i think it's gonna be a pretty fun bella i like <laughs> your idea of having the the show in a more intimate environment i think it's gonna be pretty cool yeah i agree and uh well the guys at vision canopies kyle and the whole crew let yes. us stay here yeah thank you so much um for letting us post up and talk about some racing and some Good conversations. Yeah, we're really excited to get started. I feel like it's really cool because they have a nice comfy couch in an off-road uh, spot, like a shop with all these cool products, right? Well, you got to chill somehow. <laughs> <laughs> What's on the roster for today, man? So Should uh, I be nervous? No, 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 no. We're, we're keeping it chill. But today we're going to just get a little more intimate, you know, some deep conversations. Um, kind of not steer away from racing, but, you know get more on a personal level, so I'm pretty excited. But before we dive into that, let's thank some sponsors. Um, I we, we have some pretty similar sponsors, but I'll start with the ones that I got. So thank you, Motul, for everything, um, and KMC Wheels and Evolution Power Sports. So... <laughs> All right, we have, let's see here. Max's Tires, I don't know if you mentioned them, but uh, there's a guys over at Shock Therapy, too. You can use the discount code DIRTLIFE uh, over at shocktherapyusa.com. You can save a whole bunch of money on limit straps, steering racks. They just came out with some new Pro-R parts, too, so that's pretty sweet. The guys over at JL Audio, um, they supported us big time at Camp Razor, so it was cool to see those guys. They got a bunch of new products for Can-Am cars. Um like you were saying, Evolution Power Sports, Bella, they have all the cool trick stuff, man. Yeah. They even have a new turbo kit for the Pro-Rs. It's insanely cool. Um, we saw them doing some, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, like sand drag, drag racing. Yeah. Dude, it was like almost wheeling those cars. Those are fast. I know. It's pretty badass. Um, there's all your racing products, guys. You can use the code The Dirt Life, tie rods, radius rods, all that stuff. Match up with your shock therapy steering rack and all those other parts, man. Um, I really like... I like to thank our sponsors so much because that's the only way that we get to have these cool shows like bring, yeah. bring Zach down from Washington and all that mm -hmm. stuff. It's pretty nice. Did you already tell everybody where they could see the show? Um, no, I didn't. So Facebook, YouTube, um, Google Play, Spotify, uh, share and with all your friends and family so they can watch us. Yep, and uh, slide into the DMs anytime, too. Yes. So, and if you guys have DMs for Bella, sign up with the Dirt Life Show. We'll get uh, access for Bella so that she can do it. But if not, up until then, you can send it in, and one of us will check it, and we'll send it over to Bella so she can answer your guys' questions, too. Um, some of the people on Instagram might not have seen the intro that you just did. Yeah. So, tell them what we got going today. Yeah, so today we're getting a little more intimate and personal, just kind of talking about, um, you know, mental health and, like, uh, we do want to bring up diabetes because it's something we do have in common. But um, yeah, it, we're just we're taking a different approach today. So I'm really excited to get to learn more about George and a little bit more about me and kind of just. You know, what's funny is like I really like that you're doing this because the reason that I started the Dirt Life show was because I've always been so into well different action sports and stuff, right? But like off road in general. 
And I always felt like, wow, like I really know all these people. Like, cause I see them on social media and stuff. And then I was thinking to myself one day, it's like, I don't really know them. Like, I don't know anything about them personally. Like, I know what their last race was. Right. But I really have zero idea. Like, are they a loving person? Are they caring? Like, what have they been through in their life? So yeah. when you said, like, let's do it, I was like, oh my gosh, it's perfect. Yeah. I think it's so cool getting on a personal level and just getting kind of like to know people because then when you do go race with them, you know, like, okay, I can be cool with this person off the track or you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And plus I get to wear uh, one of my favorite bands, American Nightmare t-shirt. Yeah. I don't have to wear a sponsor t-shirt since I'm the <laughs> guest today. <laughs> yeah. Yup. So, What's your favorite music? I like everything. There's you no favorite. You can't say that, dude. Oh, there's no favorite. <laughs> you can't say, you can't have a favorite of everything. I have a playlist that's at least like... Oh, like probably a hundred hours long. I'm not. No even way. Kidding. You could drive from like here all to the way Texas, across the country. Yes, and still have songs left over. Holy crap! <laughs> like you don't have any songs that are just like on repeat. No, no way. Okay, I, I gotta turn my phone off. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. I know it's kind of weird interviewing you. Oh, uh, I guess there's no audio, Zach. Okay, you want us to keep going or? Okay. Uh, got it. Yeah, and we can redo some of the stuff, Zach, if you want. It's no problem. We run a loose program over here, Bella. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> it's more chill today. Yeah, exactly. Still professional, but chill. So if we make mistakes, that's okay. I'll let these uh, super fans know that uh, Zach is working on it. Yeah. Uh, all right. So if there if there's no audio, then we're gonna have to wait a little bit. But we can have a conversation together. Yeah. Once it once it comes up. Oh, you realize. So I think there's a, a marker over there in the right-hand corner of the screen, Zach. That's a, a yellow marker for the audio next to the live output. Okay, got it. Check, check, mic check. Mic one, two, check. three, one, two, three. I can't hear it on my left ear. Turn it up. Blue, 22, said hike. Yeah, my mom said no audio on YouTube, too. She's watching. Oh. Uh. I'll just wave to her. Hi, George's mom. Okay. All right, Belle. So how about we do this? Let's give it one more go. Let's start from the top. Three, two, <laughs> one, go. Welcome to the Dirt Life Show. I'm Bella Burchard, your host. We are filming episode four of Bella's Corner today. Um, behind us, we have Zach, the producer for this episode. So if you guys have any questions or comments, leave them down below and we will get to them. Um, we are taking a different approach today. We are going to get to know the interviewer, the man, the myth, the legend, George Hamill. So, Well, thank you. I don't know about the whole legend status, but like, let's just try to figure it out, see if anybody likes what kind of stuff we talk about today. Yeah, yeah. So today we are getting more on a personal level, kind of just um, getting to know me, getting to know him and, you know. Steering a little bit away from the racing and more of like deep conversations and just kind of talking about life in general. So I love the idea. Like we just talked about this a little bit before the audio was fixed. Like I think it's so cool. Like the reason that we started the Dirt Life show a while back was because like I always went to the races and I'm like, oh, I, I know Jeremy McGrath. Like I see him on social media or I know like. Um, I don't know, Bryce Menzies or whoever it was, but like, do we really know them? Yeah. You know, like we know their public persona, like we know them on social media, but truthfully, we don't know like 
what they do, like where they go eat, what their favorite foods are. We don't know like how they are, if they're loving, they're caring, or if yeah. they're mean or they're, you know, great, like whatever human beings they are. So when you said like, dude, I want to get like a little bit more in depth. I was like, that's amazing that you want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to get to know you guys and have you guys know us and. Well, I think it's cool, too, because you're giving yourself an opportunity to really connect with people. And I, I can only imagine you probably already have other people on your list or in your head that you want to interview, too. Oh, yeah. I got a whole list. You guys will just have to stay tuned and wait for that one. But. Ooh, look at you doing the plug so people come back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, so we do have Zach behind the scenes. So if yes. you guys want to uh, send in comments or whatever, ask him to Bella. And we also have social media platforms, too. So, like, how can they hit us up on social media if they want? Um, they can hit us up through Facebook and YouTube and uh, Google Play and Spotify. Share with your friends and family and through Dirt Life DMs. So Yeah, and if you slide in the DMs for the Dirt Life, uh, you know, if you have a question for Bella directly, uh, we need to give you the password for that so you can access it too. But, uh, yeah, for now, just uh, send it in. Say you have a question and we'll forward it over to Bella and she can talk to you and answer your guys' questions too. It's really cool that she's doing all this stuff and we're really proud of her. <laughs> yeah it's a it's a learning experience it really is though but you're doing so good i mean you're four episodes in and you're already a professional you're like Ooh. better than all of us <laughs> well I, I do learn from the best so. oh hey <laughs> um well before we dive in we should probably thank some sponsors and first of all thank vision canopies for letting us use this beautiful spot so that we're comfortable and you know able to record and stuff and Oh, that's me. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Yeah, it was really nice of, of Kyle and everybody over here at Vision Canopies. We got to talk with them a little bit today, too. So now we can see some of the comments that are coming up on Instagram, too. So, okay. uh, all right. So the sponsors that we share are who? Sponsors that we share are Motul. Thank you, guys. You guys have amazing products. Um, Evolution Power Sports, wearing them right now. Um, that's a sick sweater. I know, right? Thought it was pretty cool. And then KMC Wheels, you guys are the best out there, so thank you. Yeah, we actually got uh, the Hoonigans, KMC, and all those guys. We got to go to uh, a Ken Block uh, video premiere yesterday. Uh, obviously, everybody was a little bit sad, like, okay. going out there, but um, it was really cool. Like, it was a lot of uh, heart-wrenching times, but it was really cool to just see, like, everybody had a smile on their face because he brought together so many people. And oh, yeah. It's, like, one of those things that, you know— it's exactly what you're doing here. You're communicating with people and you're really touching people and getting intimate with people and sharing stories and stuff like that. And it was cool that he's done that his whole life too, right? So it's a, a lot of similarities there. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's thank the rest of the sponsors. Thank you guys, uh, or excuse me, thank the guys over at Shock Therapy. You can always go over there and use the code DIRTLIFE uh, to save on any of their pro products at the website. So please uh, use that code. It'll obviously save you money, so it's really good for you. Uh, and it also helps us too because then they can track it for us. Uh, thanks to the guys over at JL Audio. Uh, for supporting us at Camp Razor. That was pretty sick. Um, but they have all kinds of new cool stuff for the new Can-Ams, for the Maverick R, for every yeah. all the vehicles. So just crank it up. Uh, let's see here. Zolander Racing Products. Thanks to all those boys. Use the code THEDIRTLIFE and save on all their hard parts as well. Thank you, guys. So where do we start? I don't know, man. What do you got? Ooh, I got PowerPoints and questions and... Just a, a lot. Do you want to start with a uh, little intro? Yeah. Okay, go for it. We'll let you go. With you? Yeah. Intro for you? Well, George Hamill is always the interviewer, but 
I never really see him get interviewed, so this is a little different. Yeah, usually it happens like in a non-off-road, I don't know, context, I guess you could say, because a lot more people are uh, less interested in my off-road racing than they are about my life. Like a lot of people like to hear about that because of so many of the things that we're going to get into tonight. Right. So you have experienced a lot, a lot of accidents, a lot of racing, a lot of... A lot of life in general, so Oof, it'll it, definitely be fun to unpack everything. And yeah, it has been wild. It's actually getting my brain going already. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah, so um, I guess we can start with question number one. I, I kind of want, like, this question kind of, like, applies to me, too, I guess. But, I mean, I guess for every, really, any racer out there with, like, pressure and stuff. But um, I want to bring up feeling the pressure from others in your support system and success. Are you the type of person that works well under pressure? Uh, I would say it's one of the things that drives me. Um, I saw an interview the other day. Well, actually, I saw two. I saw one with Elon Musk, and I saw one with uh, Dana White from the UFC. And what the words that are going to come out of my mouth are going to sound very uh, egotistical and self-centered when I say this, but let me follow it up with what I actually feel, right? So both of them said do they care what people think about them? And their answer was the same as mine. No, I don't give a fuck. Like at all what people think, right? Because my general consensus is, is that everybody lives their life in a normal state. And I say that in quotes, right? They think certain things are normal or they think acting a certain way is normal or they let people judge them and say, oh, you are look ugly or you're big or you're small or whatever it is, right? Well, those things don't really matter. Right. Those things don't actually pertain to the way that you should feel. They only do because you let them. So if you don't give an F, then it doesn't matter. Like you can actually make a lot more progress in life. And I was actually having a conversation today that a lot of the things that I've done in my life and a lot of the things that I've overcome or achieved have been because I'm naive. And what that means is I just don't understand or I don't know what I don't know. So I just go for it, right? And so if somebody tells me I can't, I don't understand when they say that. Like, it doesn't hit me because I know, like, well, that doesn't make sense when you say that. Like, I I know I can. Yeah. Like, I should be able to do this. Mm -hmm. And you should be able to. You're just limiting yourself. So it's kind of weird when you think about it in an open perspective. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that you have, like control over you know what you let affect you and what you don't let affect you who you listen to who you take advice from who you you know steer clear from you have control over all of that so i i definitely agree with you and if you if you live your life like that with an open perspective i do a little bit of motivational speaking sometimes with uh, kids and with uh, big businesses and stuff like that right and i always tell people i live my life by three things and those three three things are perspective choices and accountability. Yeah. If you have an open perspective, you can see things clear. Like everything is infinite, right? You can see things clearly. Like you have no limitations, but if you mess up and your choice was wrong or your choice was right, as long as you're accountable for that bad choice, you're not going to make the same mistake again. So you can go around and around and keep making yourself better. So the circle keeps completing itself and you keep raising yourself up as an individual because you're not limiting yourself and you're not telling yourself that you did something bad and letting it sink and set in. You're just being like, okay, you know what? I messed up. I'm accountable. 
I'm going forward with it, and my perception is clear that I'm not going to make that same choice and mistake again. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think even, like, especially being, like, open-minded, and you said, like, just having a big perspective, like, especially with racing and, like, anything in life, if you have an open mind or, like, you know, willing to learn more and willing to experience more, you'll grow so much more. When you just sit there and think, like, like, oh, you know, I'm the best, or, oh, this is my limit, this is my... My peak. That's, That's too close-minded, huh? Right. You know what? That's a funny, like a a great thing to bring up, and I, I think I probably learned a lot of that from racing. Yeah. Because yeah. racers, like one of the crazy, excuse me, racers, one of the craziest things is they have a very short memory span for good reason because they don't want to know that they messed up in the last corner. <laughs> they just move on and don't make that same mistake again. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. If you dwell on something, you're never gonna be ready for the next thing. You know. How many times have you been on the track and been like, oh, dude, I totally blew that last corner. And then like all of a sudden you're like, well, not making that mistake again. You just like keep shredding after that. Exactly. It goes in and out the other. I made a mistake, but I'll recover and get back to it. (laughs) That was your perception, choices, and accountability in one single racer sentence. Yeah. (laughs) So I guess we are going to tie racing into everything because. That's that's, what we do. Right. Right. And it teaches us just. I guess we've learned a lot of traits from it, and I don't know. Is that some of the stuff that you've learned, the same stuff we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I definitely think that I wouldn't be the person I am today without all of the racing experiences that I've had. Do you have, like, one thing that really, like, you know that it changed you? Um, I would would say the California 300 last year. What was the thing that made it so, uh, I don't know, heartfelt or specific for you? Um, it was a pretty big accident for me. I mean, even getting like physically hurt in general, but more of like, I feel like I was pretty close minded and like thinking, oh, I'm really getting somewhere in racing, which I really was. But after that happened, it kind of like set me back like, wow, I I do have some learning to grow. I do have, you know what I mean? And it opens up your perspective. Right, right. It it really made me change my point of view and like. It's kind of wild. It's kind of wild to think that, right? Yeah. Um, somebody wants a shout out real quick. Can you see it? No, I can't read that. Far. It says uh, Red Off Road. Shout out to Red Off Road, please. Shout out to Red Off Road. Thank you for watching, guys. Thank you. Thank you for everybody for watching. We wouldn't be doing this without you guys. So. Yep. Exactly. We just. All right. I do have some more questions. Let's you ready? go. Um, racing is something that has shaped us in humans uh, as humans. In many ways, but what's one thing that you will take from racing into the rest of your life? We kind of just talked about this, but. I think one of the main things, honestly, I've taken a lot of little things, but I think one of the main things is, um, I guess this sounds cliche, but the never give up attitude, right? Mm -hmm. Because no matter what, like your goal in racing, especially in long distance endurance off-road racing is to never give up. You want to always cross the finish line. They say to finish first, first you must finish. And I think that's something that everybody should know. Like I said, it kind of sounds cliche, but it's a very, very true statement. And that's the same thing that happens in life. To finish first, first you must finish, right? Like, so if you go out there and you just kill yourself right away, like I thought I could when I was young, you start slowing down very quickly. Right. And it starts showing you very, very deep life lessons. Yeah. And so racing has taught me um, to be able to manage things in a different way. So that you can actually reach the finish line. I mean, I've gotten hurt so many times. I've probably shortened my lifespan by 20 years at least. Yeah. But I'm still going to do every single thing in my power to live the best 
longest possible life from here on out. Yeah, exactly. You speaking about like being in accidents and stuff like that. You got into an accident at ETB World Championships in 2019, and I think I have a question about this actually. But after experiencing something like that, like how did that specific incident change your perspective on life in general, like not just racing? So the, the, this is a pretty big question, to be honest with you, because it requires a little bit of backstory right. to be able to get to lead up to it. Right. Like, so I was hurt a million times before this, like, um, but I decided I wanted to become a professional UTV racer. Right. Um, I had gone through professional dirt bike racing. Uh, I got paralyzed. I got uh, all of these crazy things. Like I completed an Ironman. I did the X Games like um all of these crazy cool things. I was business partners with Mark and Tom from Blink-182. Like I had all of these different life experiences in between because I was hurt then. And it made me, it, it made, it taught me so many lessons and just made me into a different person. But I still had that racing blood in me, right? And so I wanted to race UTVs and I decided that, okay, well, I'm going to race UTVs at the highest possible level I can. And I couldn't, like, I'm not able-bodied. I can't move my legs very well. I would walk with a limp. Um, and I was told by the doctors I would never walk again. And all of a sudden, I start racing UTVs. And we have these special hand controls, like these uh, the shifter on the steering wheel and the clutch. and Or, excuse me, on the center console and the clutch. So I could use my legs in a limited capacity. But I was still fast. Like, I was fast enough to get a factory Yamaha ride. Like, it was awesome, right? And... uh I did really well. You know, we were uh, uh, winners. Like, Zach has some pictures. Like, we were winners on the top of the podium. Like, all kinds of crazy cool stuff. Zach can probably show some of the stuff that we've uh, done in the past, like, in the racing. But um, it was just cool. Like, it was cool because I got the family vibe, the the team vibe. Like, I learned so much. But I wanted to excel in off-road more and build off-road as a whole. I didn't see very much value in doing all of these different racing series so i thought okay well if i'm going to create value for my sponsors i need to do all these special events right and start getting more notoriety and doing more social media and all of the things that we talk about on the dirt life show all the time and when we started doing that we decided that we were going to race the utv world championship and in 2019 uh which is what four years now yeah yeah so it's crazy and I was, we had to work on the car. You know how like when, uh, when you have stuff go wrong and you still have to get it done before you start, like take off, like everybody's working on it overnight yes. and all that stuff. So I was really tired at the starting line, like really tired. Cause we had a, such a long night the night before, but we had the car in a decent spot, but I got a really crappy hole shot. So, um, I ended up having to pass probably 15 people or so they have at the UTV world championship. They start you in rows. Like it's a staggered start. So you have like, I don't know, 10 people or 20 people in each row and you take off and um then they have the next guys go 60 seconds later or whatever it is and so i took off and i had to pass and i think by the about a quarter of the way through the first lap i was probably past most of the people i think maybe in second or third third or fourth um and we were coming over this little it was like a little bump into a berm right like where you kind of like scrub a car, the car and hit the brakes over it, and then you crank into a turn and when we went in the turn, um, I was getting ready to come to the inside and like pass this next driver and they checked up a little bit. So my, one of my tires 
barely nicked, like barely nicked one of their tires. So it kind of got the, the car a little bit upset and I bicycled it. You know how, what that is when you get up on two wheels and I bicycled it so lightly that I rode it all the way and I was about to put it back down on all four wheels, but the berm kind of nudged it just a little yeah. bit. It tipped over enough where I didn't even scratch it, barely even tipped over. And I was like, dang it, man, like that sucks. But I was thinking like, dude, I might be strong enough to push it back on all four wheels. So I waited till I already passed by, like everybody like in the row passed by and uh, down the way a little bit, there was a photographer and he was like uh, letting us know if it was clear or not. And I walked to the side of the track. And when I walked to the side of the track, it was fine. Like I was just going to wait there for a little bit. And I was like, all right, let everybody pass by again for the next row. And then I walked down there to like, see if I could push it over. And I was like, crap, man, I can't push it over. Like it's too heavy. So my race is pretty much done right now. Like I got to wait for the safety crew or whatever to get my car out of the way. Right. Um, so I was like, okay, well, screw it. I'm just going to go wait on the side of the track and pop a squat and just wait for a little while. And um, all of the stuff that I'm telling you right now is what I learned afterwards because I don't, I don't remember any of this in my brain. Um, but I started walking to the side of the track. And I went behind my car, so I don't know if this is going to make a good audio representation on on iTunes or whatever, but uh, or in podcast land. But if you want to check it out on YouTube, um, my car was flipped over on its side, like well, my cell phone is positioned here, and this is the bottom of the car. And I walked around this way. Uh, the berm was here, and I walked around this way, and the side of the track was over here. So I was just going to walk to the side of the track and then just hang out. Everybody was coming over this way and going through the turn. Right. So. All the guys had cleared and they went through and then uh, I walked. It was clear. No, didn't hear anybody or whatever. I walked through and I was coming through. And right as I stepped to the side of my car, somebody came over and they were just like right by me and they cleared me. But right as they cleared me, somebody rammed into the back of them. Yeah. And when they rammed in the back of them, it put that car right into me in between my car and their car. So I got squished in between. And you know how on a race car where you would put your hand on the window sill of your like passenger car, there's a door bar, right? And it's right. all chrome molly or steel and there's a window net. Well, there was so much of an impact that my body broke through the window net and the door bar went through my neck brace and up through my helmet and uppercut me to the jaw. And when it uppercut me to the jaw, it shattered my jaw, it shattered the sides of my skull, my eyes fell out of my head, broke all my nasal cavities and shattered my ears. So it completely like disrupted my whole skull. Yeah. And as it smushed me, it broke my collarbone and a couple other bones too. So I laid, I talked to the driver and I laid dead in his lap and he said he didn't know what to do. So he sat there for a couple seconds and then he finally peeled off and I just fell on the ground and he thought I was gone. And he said, okay, well, the only way that anything is going to happen that I can benefit him is if I turn around and I go block people from running him over. So he turned around and went over. But by that time, you know, I don't know how many people, 5, 10, 15 people had already ran me over. Yeah. And he was flagging people to not run me over anymore. And at some point, one of those people woke me up when they ran me over. So I don't know if that's like a miracle or whatever it was, but... So they woke me up and I was sitting pretty close to my car. Like I was still pretty close, maybe five feet or 10 feet away from the car. And I knew like I was really fucked up, man, like really, really bad. And during dirt bike racing, I had always learned like if you break your ankle, you take off your boot right away because otherwise you're not going to be able to like get your boot off because it's going to be so much pain, right? So right. you kind of take inventory 
on the things that are messed up. You like know like, oh my God, something's wrong. What's wrong? And you try to figure it out. Well, for me, I couldn't see. I couldn't hear. Yeah. And I didn't know anything. I was in like the the amount of pain is like undescribable how bad it was. Right. And all I did was like, I go, what is all this? Like, is there fuel on me? Like there I'm wet. Like you have a fire suit on. And I was like, the fire suit's soaking wet. Like what's wrong. Right. And a fire suit's thick. Like you, like, and then I tasted it cause I couldn't see or couldn't. See, and I was like, that's blood. Yeah. So, I immediately knew the first thing that I had to do was take off my helmet. And I'm so glad I did because my head would have exploded inside my helmet. Oh, yeah. Because it swelled up so quickly. So I took off my helmet and then I started feeling around because I couldn't see anything. And I fi- and I felt the bumper of my car. And I was like, okay, if that's the bumper, that means that I'm racing. Like I'm on a race. And I was like, I remember like I had enough self-awareness to be like, I got to go protect myself. So I just went to the back of the car, like crawled over, like on my knees or whatever. And I just leaned up against the skid plate of my car and just sat there. And then finally, like, I don't know how long it was or whatever, but finally, because again, I, I'm only telling you this because of what people told me happened. Do you know who Brett Carpenter is? Yes, I do. So Brett Carpenter was the marketing guy at Rigid Industries. And now he's the, I think he's the race director is his title for Polaris. Yes. Um, he had never raced a UTV race in his life. Just wanted to go check it out. Mike and Danielle Gardner let him use their car. And he was the only one out of 300, 400 entries that stopped for me. Wow. And when he stopped, uh, he had some medical training in the military and he helped. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. And so he uh, supported me until the uh, emergency crew could get there. Yeah. And once the emergency crew got there, then it was all hands on deck, threw me in the helicopter and they actually took me to Bullhead city and Bullhead city is not a hospital where you take that bad of a person. So I ended up going to Las Vegas and starting to get, you know, stuff done there. Um, but the crazy part about it is, is that's barely the surface. Like this craziest part about my life starts two weeks after that or like a week and a half after that. What happened? So you, you, you know, going through all this stuff, right? Like, in a normal situation, you get to the hospital and they can fix broken bones and they can like get you back to normal. Right. Well, in certain situations, you have, you're so messed up that they have to wait for your body to do certain things before they can touch you. And one of the things that I learned was that you have fluid around your spinal cord and around your brain. Mm-hmm. And that fluid is what protects it. Like it's kind of like a cushion. Well, unfortunately for me, I damaged a lot of that stuff and all that stuff was leaking out of my face. So it would leak out of my nose. Like, so all my nose was broken and all of these things are like bad inside my head. And they said, the only way we can do surgery is wait to, for that to stop. Because otherwise if we do surgery and it keeps going, we're going to kill them. Right. So I think it was roughly about a week, maybe a little bit longer than a week. I had to sit there in the bed with just being broken. like super broken. Yeah. And it was bad. Like it was really bad. I'm so lucky. This is one of the things that we'll probably talk about tonight to have a strong support mechanism with family and friends. Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't have made it had it not been for them. It was tough. Um, but 
I feel weird talking about this still. Like I've done so many interviews and I've said the same stuff that I'm going to say right now, but like, it feels weird for me to say it because I most of the time feel like people don't believe me when I say it. Like it's getting me teared up just thinking about it. But I was sitting in the hospital bed or laying in the hospital bed one night. And have you ever had like a really bad nurse that you were just like, Oh my God, she was such a bee. Like I can't, I can't deal with this girl, like, or guy or whoever it is. I had one of those. And I always asked her, I'm like, dude, I'm hurting so bad. Can I please have some pain medicine? She's like, no, you didn't wait your, wait your turn. Like you got to wait four more hours or whatever it is. And I'm like, Oh God. Like, and then I would wait four hours and I'd ask her again. And she's like, no, you have to wait longer. You have to wait longer. It was horrible. And so I hated her. And I was in so much pain this one night. It was probably one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, like in the middle of the night. Right. Shoot, it could have been 8 o'clock for all I know because it was just dark out. But I kept asking her, and she said, no, no, no. And then as I'm laying there, I just all of a sudden, I'm just like, oh, my God, she must have gave me pain medicine because I feel great. This is the best I've felt in years. Like, I've never felt so good. Like, I feel liberated. I feel free. I don't have a headache. My body feels good. Like, all of these things. Like, I feel like I could run a mile right now. And I just look and I'm like, wow, that guy looks so happy. Like he looks so peaceful and calm, but it was me. Yeah. Like I was looking at me and I was like, what the heck? Like, wow, I've never felt this good before. And he looks amazing. Like I'm in the best place I've ever been. Like, this is so awesome. And I still, to this day, can't explain the amount of, I don't want to say pleasure, but the amount of euphoria that I've ever felt. I mean, it's still just like making me feel goosebumps or whatever. But anyways, so I don't know how long it was, but all of a sudden I hear all these alarms going off and all this stuff. And I hear like this other guy that was like the nurse's assistant going, he's back, he's back, he's back. He's back. And I'm like looking around. I'm like, who's back? Like I was the only one in here. Yeah. Like I didn't, wasn't sharing a room with anybody. Like, and I asked the dude, I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, you're okay. You're okay. And I'm like, what do you mean, dude? Like, of course I'm okay. I'm talking to you like, duh. Yeah. And then the nurse that sucks, she rolls in and she's like, what's going on? And the guy's like, he was gone, but now he's back. Like, all the machines are back to normal. And she goes, oh, that's cool. And he goes, what do you want me to do? Do I need to, like, call it in or something? And she goes, no, he's fine. And that was it. There was nothing else. Like, it was such a weird situation. Yeah. The only, But the only thing that I can tell you about what the question that you asked was is, like, how did it change my life? And what were the things, like, I don't know how to explain these words or how to get these points across but from that experience i learned that almost nothing else matters except for what you do because everybody's going to have that same moment every single person on the planet is going to have that same moment so the only thing that matters is how good of a person you are until you get to that moment Mm -hmm. that's it nothing else your car doesn't matter how much you bitch because somebody did something that none of that matters matters how much you love people 
matters how much you do to help people and it matters how much happiness you provide for yourself yeah that's it like it's so simple all these other little things are i don't want to say this because again this is another cliche statement they're nominal yeah but it's very very crazy what situations can teach you yeah like a literal pause in time i didn't i guess i didn't know the full story or really like i mean i knew the story but not into that depth i would say but that's insane i mean there's a lot of little details that go on in in between all that stuff right very meaningful stuff too right like people coming to visit you right conversations that happen things that impact you but the story still blows me away all the time. I even told Zach when we were getting ready for the show because I was thinking about like giving him pictures so that he could show people. And when I gave him some of those pictures of the accident, I go, dude, I can't look through my phone anymore. Yeah. Like, this is all you get, dude. Like, I can't Having do it. Having to relive it and, yeah. But it is what it is, and I'm happy to be here with you today. Right, me too. But I think definitely, like, I don't know, that I wouldn't say that some people are supposed to go through stuff like that, but... I do want to say that because I think, like, at the end of the day, everything happens for a reason. And, I mean, yes, sometimes you're dealt cards that, you know, either you didn't deserve or you didn't, you worked all so hard for something and you didn't get it and you got the complete opposite like you. But I think, yeah, everything does happen for a reason, whether, you know, it taught you to meet new people or, like, to change some of your ways or to, you know... But I definitely would say that. It puts you on a different life path, that's for sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, even like, I guess for me it's a little different because I've never really had like an experience like that. But like even with getting diagnosed with type 1, like I would say that was, uh, yes, pretty altering. But more of like altering my brain and not necessarily like the way I should be eating or the way, you know, it was more of like, wow, like. I have to explain to everybody what just happened, you know, and like. Well, it it changes your uh, your life. Yeah. Like it's a life changing thing. I don't know if anybody's ever told you this, but um, I learned at a young age that everybody goes through at least one, what they call uh, significant emotional events in their life, and for you, that's clearly one, right? Yeah. Um, some people go through multiple, um, but those things are literally their life altering situations in their life and i think anybody like a broken leg type 1 diabetes a heart attack cancer like all of these things are whether they're tests or whether they're detrimental to your life um are very life-changing right like the only way that you can get through those things is if you give it your all Mm -hmm. like for the rest of your life having type 1 is not going to be easy no but it doesn't mean that you're any different yeah you're 100% capable of still living a fantastic life. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think I sometimes constantly like have to remind myself of that. But Somebody that you know is very close to you just commented in. Uh, Jasper Shar just said, uh, something much bigger than us all made their presence known and gave you some peace in that moment of extreme pain. Yeah, absolutely. Incredible story. Thanks. We uh, really appreciate it, Jess. But like... Everybody has these, right? Like, I think they just may not have it the same way. Or I want everybody to make sure that they understand and absorb those emotions and those events. If you push it away, 
that's the worst thing you can do. Right. Because if you bottle that up and you push it away, it's never going to help you as a human being. It's only going to damage you or limit you from learning new things. Well, just think about it. What if you said, no, nah, F that. I don't have type 1. Yeah. I could eat sugar. I just got to take more insulin. Yeah. Well, you'd gain weight. You'd be lazy. You wouldn't have a good mindset. You'd want to be like uh, breaking the rules all the time. That doesn't teach you anything. It only teaches you how to do the wrong thing. Right. So if you go forward with it like what you're doing, you stick to the rules, you make sure that you're on top of your schedule regimen for your medicine, uh, you eat the right things, it's actually going to benefit you more because now you're uh, into food. Right. Now you might be more into fitness than you were before. Right. That's life-changing. Right. On a good note. Or even meeting new people. Like I can't tell you the amount of different people that I've met, including you, who like through type one diabetes, you know, like I wouldn't have built these relationships and known these people if I didn't get diagnosed. And I think that's 100% a blessing in disguise. Have you ever had anybody reach out to you or do you have any examples of people that have reached out to you that are like, you're like, wow, that yeah. really helped me. Yeah. So, um, one person that reached out to me through Instagram DMs, her name is Saviana, but, um, she's type that's one diabetic. That's a cool name. I know. <laughs> But she's type one diabetic, and um, I learned so much from her. I don't, I don't think I can necessarily like be the diabetic that I am today without her, for sure. Like, there's just like little tips that she's taught me. But not only that, just to like not let people like get to me, and like sometimes you know people make comments that they don't necessarily mean, but it's or maybe they just don't know. Right, they don't know, or they're just trying to you know be a kid and joke about something that's not really like a joke necessarily. So she really taught me how to like handle situations like that. And just, yeah. Yeah. So even Birdman was saying like, you have to embrace it, Yeah. embrace the situation and just like, uh, what does he say? Uh, power your life positive. Yeah. Yeah. I 100% agree. What are some of the things that you had to do? Cause I mean, you had to change a lot. Yeah. Well, I, obviously the physical side of it, like I had to change the way I ate a little bit and well, a lot of it. And like, you know, having to worry about medicine and if it's cold or going through airports and like just stuff like that. Is it a pain in the butt to go through an airport now? Yeah. Oh, because you wear the monitor, huh? Yes, I wear what the What do they do? So one monitor monitors my blood sugar. No, no, no. Like what does like the, the checkpoint do at the airport? Oh, so if you go through like one of the medical, like not medical, but um, the scanning device, like metal. Yeah, the, the TSA thing? Yes, yeah. Um, it'll like some, it sometimes it could deactivate some of like the Dexcoms or like wig out or shut like it kills it. Yeah, pretty much. What? Cause it's like a whole sensor in you. If, if it goes through another thing, it like messes So you have to like go around? Yeah. If you go around, you have to get pat down, like search through it's, it's a mess. Yeah. I, since I walk all messed up, I get cavity search every time at the airport. It sucks. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. It's just the way it goes though, dude. It is. <laughs> That's our new normal. I know. Hey, what if we go through it together? We can just hang out. I know. <laughs> it's It becomes second nature once you, like, you know, once you get settled in and start to really, like, live it through. But Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, Zach has a question. So uh, we got a question coming in and asking about what race prep looks like when you're a type 1 diabetic versus a normal racer. I feel like, it, do you, who's that from? That is from the Realmers, Mrs. Realmers. That's a great question. Yeah. Hi, Mrs. Realmers. Um, it is a great question. I feel like we could both very well answer this. Yeah, why don't you go first? Okay. Um, so, 
before I got diagnosed, race prep kind of wasn't really a prep. Like, you know, it throw some uncrustables in there, bro. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. It was uncrustables. It was Dr. Pepper. It was, you know, no sleep, like just full, full ham, like nothing really like crossed my mind, I guess. But after being diagnosed, like constantly having to check my blood sugars, you know, like making sure that I eat exactly what I'm supposed to at least two days in advance before a race, because everything affects it. Like you could eat something and then it affect you hours later. Like it, it's crazy. And like even having like put sugar in the car and make sure like that my co-driver knows like the circumstances that if something were to happen, like he would know exactly what to do. Like it, it does look a lot different and it's a couple steps that you have to take, but it's worth it in the long run. Yeah, totally. Well, we actually share the same uh, concepts with all this with uh, Mandy McLaren. She's a type one as well. Uh, she's from Tennessee, but she also races side by sides. But I kind of have a little bit similar answer. Um, I was a little bit further along in my diabetic journey when I started racing side by sides. Um, but like, so my crew chief and my uh, rest of my pit crew, they all knew. And um, so along with the tools and tires and everything that they would have Skittles. Yeah. And the reason is I use Skittles is because it's not chocolate. It doesn't melt. Yeah. <laughs> so it's sugar, right? And uh, I had uh, figured out how many Skittles it takes to combat my blood sugar and how I felt, right? So um, usually they would have a whole bag. And if I was nervous or whatever, or I had low blood sugar, I would say, give me three Skittles, give me five Skittles, whatever it is. And um, there would be times I'd come off the track and I was a little bit shaky, you know, like, but for the most part, we managed it pretty well. And as the team grew, um, and I think you're probably a lot like this too. I know that your family pays a lot of attention. Your dad just had a healthy breakfast, like those kinds of types of things, right? They start understanding a little bit more of the flow, so to speak, right? And right. They know how to help you by what they see coming from you, right? So they go, Bella, is your blood sugar a little bit low? Oh, thanks, Dad, for noticing. Like, yeah. or thanks, Mom. Like, yes, it is. Yeah. Like, and then so they'll give you whatever you need to treat or whatever. And then you can kind of get back in the normal flow of being, a, because if you're in a situation like a race, it's very hard to think about your own body. Yes. So there might be something missing. You might not know your blood sugar is low. So I think that having that good support mechanism around you and also understanding your body are basically the only two things that you can do. Yeah. You don't realize how much you rely on. I mean, a lot of people do rely on a co-driver, but um, yeah, especially like big shout out to Dylan Lindberg because he'll be sitting there and I'll tell him something's funky. Something doesn't feel right. And yep. even at Vegas Torino, like we had to get out. I was supposed to switch and co-drive for him racing but i ended up having to get out of the car fully because i was low and i didn't realize it until i started making small mistakes and he was like eh, i should probably check yep and he checked and it was like 80 and dropping and i was like oh like and once you go low it's so hard to recover so quickly yeah totally so and yeah. i mean well and uh rex road actually said do you carry anything in your door bags just in case of an emergency yes i do i carry glucose tablets just can be a little disgusting sometimes, but... Are they those orange ones? Yes. They're so suck. <laughs> so, uh, they're like little, like, powdered tablets, but, um, like, little gel packets, Yeah, have you ever ate those, like, uh, fizz, like, uh... Yes. Th that's, like, those things, but they suck. Like, yeah. they're horrible. You choke on them, and they're just it's not like, good. It's kind of like eating, like, chalk. Like, yeah, like, 
unflavored baby powder in, <laughs> oh, so gross. in a Smarties like form. I don't know. But uh, yeah, yes, and I, I yeah, and, and I always carried Skittles. So yeah. uh yeah, Manny says she carries gummy bears. Yeah. So that'd be a pretty easy one to do too. Don't carry chocolate. No, it melts. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't um do well with gummy bears. They never really work or like gummy stuff and I think it's because like the gelatin in it, like yeah, maybe so. That's through. actually a good point to bring up. So if you're talking about just type one stuff, um, yeah, it, not everything works for everybody the same way. Right. There's different diabetics out there, which is crazy because not everyone uses the same thing to raise their blood sugar. Not everyone has the same carb to insulin ratio. Like it's just a yep. lot to learn and a lot to. It's like, like I have schooling a, all over again. It, dude, totally, and yeah. it's a schooling on like biology and your human yes. body, and you can actually feel these things happening. Yeah. Like you're the test patient. Yes, the guinea pig. The um, like things that affect me a lot are bananas, pineapples, like all. Like, dude, like I'll die if I eat that stuff. It's really? so bad. Yeah, yeah, but some people, no problem. Right. It's it's crazy, and learning like talking to different diabetics about it too, like makes like my mind just even expand more. Like. Hearing that, you know, I can eat things that sometimes bug you or you can eat things that sometimes don't work for me. Dude, like- so side note, we got a little secret. I got a message the other day from somebody. I forgot who it was from, but there's sugar-free horchata. I know. I don't know if we should try it or not, but I kind of feel like maybe one of us should. Oh, I think so. But they said it might taste like crap. Yeah, I I think (laughs) it's worth it. I think it's worth it. (laughs) Even if it sucked, it would still be worth the pain for a little bit. (laughs) Just uh, hoping in anticipation that it's delicious. Yeah. Wow. I love horchata. I heard something beeping. Was that you? Yeah, that was me. <laughs> so there you go. Life is taking a turn. Yeah. Um, how do you feel? Good. You feel okay? Yes. All right. So we should keep going or you want a snack? Oh, we're, we're going. We're going. Hey, if you need one, I got a piece of sour patch right here. <laughs> do you want it? I'm good. Okay. Thanks, though. Yeah, but I do agree with you. I think that, like... Stuff just happens for a reason, and I mean, obviously, we're we're all on this planet to grow. So, do you think it's made you grow? Yes, I I think there's been times where like it's obviously frustrating, dude. Yeah, especially if people are eating cheesecake around you, you just want to punch them. Oh, cheesecake! Man. Like, come on, man, <laughs> let me get a piece. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. How supportive is your family and your brother and stuff? Very supportive. See? They're always there for me. That always, you know, either the sugar or the insulin or, you know, even not even just my family, but my close friends, too. Like, they always usually know what's going on. They got my Dexcom. They see my numbers. Has anybody ever tried to eat, like, the sugar-free stuff like you do and be like, Yeah. I think Cruz did it for a little bit while, like, I was first diagnosed. And he was like, eh, I can't do this, but I'll I'll watch you do it. (laughs) Dude, it's so crazy. Like... Uh, but it does it does exactly what we're talking about it affects other people's lives but sometimes for a lot better yeah it's it is it is a trip i think more of what affected me the most was kind of just learning like that some people are gonna say things that they you know that just like being butt faces about it right that just come off wrong and they don't mean it at least i don't think so but you know it's it's just like stuff like that that i think i've had to learn to have some patience with is it like does that open up your brain to be like well that person sucks but like it's 2023 i'm just gonna brush it off right at at first i used to really take it to heart and really like be super sensitive about it but like you said at the beginning you know like 
you control what affects you or not. So yeah, exactly. Um, Ariana said you're the first person in the family uh, to have type one and have taught uh, us how to be more aware of everyone around us. Yeah. See, so like you're helping other people. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Ari. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely like with all my family on both sides, but even just my bigger family, not just my immediate, they they were very supportive when I was first diagnosed, like my grandma and everything. So it's just, it really just depends on like who you let affect you and not, you know. Well, I think it can affect people in a positive way though too. Cause like there's been a million times people are like, dude, you're so skinny. And I'm like, bro, I don't eat sugar. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what do you expect? <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's so easy to just like, and then, then they ask me like, how do you like, do you work out a lot? I'm like, well, no, like, I mean, I should, but... Well, I have no. an autoimmune disease. Yeah, so. like, if you just don't eat sugar, you could help yourself a lot, too. Right, yeah. And it's crazy, though, too. Like, we were just having this conversation. I don't remember who it was with the other day, but um, every single thing that you do in the world today has sugar in it. Yeah. You drink a glass of milk, it's like almost eating, like, half a Snickers bar. A coffee, a Dr. Pepper... It does make, dude, massive. One drink could equal like the amount of sugar you need for the entire day, or like, dude, even more than that, right? Like, it's just crazy the amount of sugar that's taken over us. Have you ever heard the? uh, I don't know if I told you, but it's a, it's an analogy, and you can test it. You know what a saltine cracker is, right? Yes. So if you take a saltine cracker and you put it in your mouth and you just let it sit on your tongue for uh, the amount of time it takes to dissolve, when you swallow. Your body takes it in the same way it would a pack of sugar because it takes all of those carbohydrates and converts them into sugars. Right. And then when it gets into your body, then it gets dispersed. Yes. And there's tricks to this, though. So if you do that just on an empty stomach, goes in pure sugar. You do that after you've eaten 10 pieces of broccoli. The broccoli lines the inside of your tummy and your guts and the sugar bypasses right past it. Yeah. And only a little bit gets absorbed. Yeah. So it's stupid because it's true. But like if you eat your vegetables first, your body can process all the food better. Yeah. It's crazy the amount of stuff that you learn about yourself. Like even with just like food like that. But Zach, what do you got for us? Uh, Beach Girl at Heart wanted to kind of explain (laughs) the difference between type 1 and type 2 diabetics and how it affects you guys when you are out there. Yeah. Um, So... Ooh, this is a, a lot. I do get a lot of like this, though, like when people say, what's the difference, you know, between one and two and like. Well, and there's even different levels of each one, but yeah. Right. Um. So I guess type one diabetics, it's permanent. There's no cure. Right. And, the, and your body requires insulin. Yes. Yeah. So to live. Yeah. Uh, your pancreas is what produces insulin. Yes. And that is like, so for any normal human being that doesn't have diabetes, your pancreas uh, will go into effect, like let's just say you eat a piece of cheesecake, like we were just talking about. <laughs> Your pancreas goes on like double duty yeah, and starts combating it with the insulin that you produce normally. Mm-hmm. And it's just a normal human being. Uh, well, somebody with diabetes doesn't really have that opportunity because right. their pancreas either works halfway or doesn't work at all. Yes. And then you take some sort of injection or you know, your pump or whatever it is, and you put in what's usually pig insulin. Mm-hmm. And that pig insulin is what fights it. But the pig insulin doesn't work as good as human insulin. Right. Um, And you have to be very vigilant on the way that you do your calculations to make sure that you're getting the right recipe to combat what you've just intake. Right. So it's just, 
it's a freaking science project every day. Yeah, literally. It's either a math calculation or a science project. Yep. But type two, it's more of, um, I don't want to say self-like doing, but it, it's more of like choices that you make for your body. Whereas type one, it's not something that you choose to right. to do to yourself. But um, yeah, I would say that that's that's a big deal. Like all of the the math that goes into it and everything. Right, and what also falls into type two is uh, people's pancreases that uh, overproduce. Yeah, and it makes it so that they have to eat more sugars to be able yes. to combat against it. Yeah. So there's different ways of uh, of qualifying it. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Wood AZ wanted to know if drinking or not drinking water while you're eating your meals or in between makes any difference on your body's effects of all of it. Well, you go first, Bella. Does it help you or do anything for you? Usually for me, yes. Water is a big, big deal for me. I, if I don't drink water, I get pretty messed up, especially my blood sugars. Like it usually always lowers them or levels them out. But yeah, during meals, I try to like Make sure that I stay on top of that because that's that's a big deal too. Like when you're a diabetic, everything's so much more um, sensitive and so much more like important. Like your your body's not as strong as it used to be, so water is very important. Yeah, and and also to go along with that, like water is important to everybody, yes, no matter to who everyone. it is. Um, but if you're unhealthy and well. I've been known to do this too, drink too much soda or drink too much caffeine or iced tea or coffee or whatever it is. And then your body is not uh, uh, getting the amount of electrolytes or nutrients that it needs from the water. Yeah. So it throws everything into a vicious circle, right? And yeah. then it just, it doesn't function as good. Um, but there's also other things that you can do, right? Like, um, how do I say this? Like electrolytes affect it a little bit too. Mm -hmm. Like the way you sweat and you know, when you're working out and all of these different things. So it sounds stupid, but you should really like, if you don't know, then ask your doctor, like the yeah. doctor just said, and have them help you with the way that you feel. But mm -hmm. if you do do that, make sure you're 100% open and honest with every single thing that you talk to them about Yeah. because you can't diagnose a person unless you know all of the stuff. Yeah. And if you're completely honest, you're only bettering yourself, you know, so. But. <laughs> I think it's, I just think it's important for people to know. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. But. What other questions we got? Whew, we got a lot. That was, that was a lot of unpacking that we just did, though. We really did. <laughs> um. Hmm. Well, I do wanted to talk. I did want to talk about, actually, I had a really good question um, about, um, we always talk about the success that comes out of working hard, but what about the hard times that we have to push through to get to the top? Sometimes we can lose motivation or struggle to get back up after we fail. What do you keep on, what do you do to keep on going? Well, this is actually something that's been really near and dear to my heart lately, too. Mm -hmm. um, I've been working my butt off doing uh, all of these different things that I want to do to help progress off-road in general. And it's led to some really cool business stuff that's happening. But the the main thing that I can say for that question is when I was racing, I always wanted to win. That was the goal. Progress is winning, right? Okay. Progress is being on the top of the podium. Progress is having your whole team standing with you and proud of you. Progress is getting more sponsors. Progress is building this stuff. Like, So I always thought that winning was the number one thing. 
Like you got to do better. You got to win. You got to win. Right. Well, now I notice that that wasn't what I was addicted to. I was actually addicted to the progress part of it. Yeah. I make myself happy when I'm moving forward. And I think that's a general statement for all of human beings, right? Like just think about it from, well, your standpoint, you're young, but your next step might be going to college, Yeah. right? That's going to be progress. Your next step might be meeting somebody special and getting married. That's going to be progress. Your next step might be having children. That's going to be progress, right? Your next step might be starting your own podcast. That's progress. (laughs) Like all of these different things, right? Like, and Sometimes it gets twisted in the middle. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you might be just completely addicted, wanting to start a podcast. You just focus on that, right? Yeah. But as long as you're making progress, I think it makes you feel better. It makes your heart feel better. It makes your body feel better. It makes the people around you feel better. Um, so for me, with all the things I've learned in my life, gosh darn it, like progress. Yeah. Always progress. Yeah. I think those are the biggest ones that I can always tell people. Yeah, I do agree with that. I think it's mo- it's not necessarily that like what you do when you get to the top it's what you do like on the way there you know yeah exactly rex wrote 925 was actually asking what your favorite food is now that you've uh had diabetes favorite food is probably okay sushi has always been my favorite food big sushi girl (laughs) but like even like not being able to i don't have to take insulin for like all the raw fish and stuff Mm -hmm. so that has been like sigh relief (laughs) but yeah I'd say that. What about you? Um, people are always just gonna say tacos. <laughs> I don't really have a It'll choice. It'll always be tacos. Um, I'm a big salad guy though too. Really? Like I, yeah, I love salads. Have you ever had a taco salad? Yes, absolutely. Oh, El Pollo Loco all day. Yeah. They have good taco salads. BLT. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Zach chiming in with the BLT. Okay. Um, okay. So the BLT, you got to add avocados and sprouts. I agree. Dump some ranch on there. Perfection. I like BLTs, but I don't like tomatoes. So I do everything, but not the tomato. What if you ditch the tomato? And you, you like cucumber? I do. Maybe throw a cucumber on I've there? never tried that, but I will. <laughs> so it'll be B-L-C-A-S. Cucumber, oh. avocado, and <laughs> sprout. Like, yeah. yeah. You can make all kinds of different ones. You know what pisses me off, though, to get on this subject? I went to a restaurant the other day, and they only offered a B-L-T-A with turkey, right? Like... I'm like, oh, I just want a BLT. Like, I don't need the turkey. Yeah. I hate when restaurants charge you for the turkey and they don't give it to you. Wait, what? Like, why can't you just give me a BLT? Yeah. I was so pissed. That makes no sense. So pissed. Ruins the whole experience. That's why I like Chipotle because you just pay for what you get. Yeah, that's So true. much better. I like Chipotle too. But What do you get at Chipotle then with type 1? Ooh, well, that I do take a lot of insulin for because Chipotle is worth it. But, um... I usually get the bowl with like all the rice and the the beans, the stuff I shouldn't have, but I just go for it. It's all Chipotle. Done. Just eat your veggies first. Yeah, I will. Give you give yourself a better chance. I will. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, at one point that I did want to like kind of bring up was um, what about some of the people that don't have as big of a support system in their racing program? Like they're kind of just the manager, the mechanic, the marketer for everything. Um, talk about the passion that comes from those people because they're, yes, it is amazing to have a big support system, but when, you know, you got you and maybe two or three other people, like that has to be so much more demanding. 
my first suggestion to anybody that's in a position like that, and it doesn't matter whether it's a race program or whether it's just life in general, yeah, is my family always taught me to eat the elephant one bite at a time. Do you know what that means? It means an elephant's huge, right? Yeah. If you go to try to eat the whole thing, you're never going to succeed at it. Right. But if you eat the elephant one bite at a time, you will eventually get to the end. Right. So basically what it means is prioritize. Focus your energy on one specific thing. So what I used to do, because we had a small team, and in the beginning, it was just me. My dad was working. My crew chief wasn't my crew chief at that time. Like, it was small. Like, there was the only, the amount of effort we put in was the rewards that we got back, right? So I would say, you know, I had to work eight to five. So that's a 40-hour week, right? And I owned my own business at the time, so it was more like a 60-hour week. Um, But I would devote as much time as I could to the racing program. So I would be roughly 80 to 100 hours deep on a normal week. Yeah. And so that leaves very little time to sleep. But I was willing to sacrifice the sleep to make that progress or goal happen. Right. And the only way I could do it was to focus on little chunks. So one week I would focus on race prep. The next week I would focus on, uh, like, let's just say sponsorships or media. And then the next week I would focus on something else and focus on something else, eating the elephant one bite at a time. Yeah. And it works. It's very difficult, very difficult. But if you want to achieve your goals, you have to put in the effort. Right. You have to be passionate about it to be able to succeed in it. For sure. You'll find out quickly, like... If something's not for you, when you do want to put everything into something to do it, then you realize, man, I I must, I should have more motivation for this. Maybe it's not my thing or maybe, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, what do you, what do you tell people that are just like fed up with that? Like, dude, this is too much work. You tell them like to stick with it or do you like try to diagnose it and see if they're actually passionate about it? Pretty much diagnose it. Like, I think if you're genuinely not passionate about something, you find out real quick, like, that you're not going to put the time in. You're not going to, you know, sacrifice things and stuff. So what if somebody's like in it and they're just like ready to give up? What do you tell them? Well, if you really love something, you won't give up. So uh, let's see here. Wyatt said, uh, have there been days that you haven't felt so motivated to shoot towards uh, your goals? Yeah, well, it's kind of what we're talking about right now. And uh, how have you gotten past that? Keep pushing forward. Think. Do you want to go first on that one? I'd like you to. <laughs> um, there has been days where I felt like that. I mean, I get in a lot of funks like that, mostly just because I spread myself out pretty thin. So I, you know. Well, you're a busy girl. Yeah. <laughs> pretty busy for a 16-year-old. So there's just a lot of stuff going on. So I really have to balance my time. But I think on the days where I don't feel as motivated to, like, get up or do something that I actually do care about and need to get done, I really just kind of take the time to focus on, like, myself. You know, maybe do something that's more recharging, like go and get a coffee by just me. Or, you know, like go maybe talk to my mom a little bit or go to church or, you know, pray about it because that's really important to me too. But Yeah, just getting all those, recharging your batteries right. any way you can. It's so important. But And to answer your question, bud, like I, almost every single day I wake up, it is very difficult. Very difficult. Like, I don't want to wake up. Yeah. Like, I don't because I'm so broken, right? So it's very difficult. So for me to get through those times, which happen numerous times a day, um, I do stretching. And the stretching usually, um, 
what it does for me is it makes my body feel better and has allowed more blood flow so that I can actually get like a little bit of more energy. Like if even if it's one percent, it still helps. Um, I do breathing exercises so that I can like recharge my body with oxygen because that helps you feel better. And then I try to do simple things like ride my bicycle. Yeah. Um, because when you do that and you get your endorphins going, it gives you a little bit more motivation to do things. Um, but during all that stuff, I still have it in my head. The baseline is progress, progress, progress. Yeah. So I know that if I feel bad in the morning, if I don't do anything, I will feel even worse at night. Yeah. And I don't ever want to get worse. I always want to get better. better. Move forward. So that's a lot of the times I drive myself crazy because I'm going back and forth in my head. Yeah. But it works for me. Right. Like that's what helps me and drives me past it. Um, but like you said, you do it a certain way. I, I feel like Wyatt might do it a little bit different too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Thank you, Wyatt, for that really good conversation. But Yeah. And so whatever works for you, dude. Yeah. Take some motivation from other people for sure. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. But, whew. Well, um... Do we want to end on a good note or do we want to keep another conversation going? Well, let's keep it going, man. <laughs> we we got Zach here all the way from Washington. <laughs> I think we should put him to work, man. Yeah. We do need to thank, thank Zach for everything because he's sitting behind there really, really. Dude, he's got like 69 screens going, like all kinds he's of like different <laughs> stuff, right? But yeah. But he's Props doing a, to him. He's doing a fantastic job. And I will say this, though, too, is like well, along those lines of progress, um, one of the things that makes me very happy is seeing other people progress, right? So we talked about the racing portion of what we've seen difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've had our own struggles. Yeah. But you know what? Everybody has their own struggles. Everybody wants more sponsors. Everybody wants to get to the track. Everybody wants off-road to be bigger. Um, Zach has been a very big help and a driving force that I've started or we've started um, to help showcase off-road more. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's called Starstream. And so we put like these streaming cameras in people's cars. Yeah. And I'm really proud of where it's going because this is the whole progress thing that we were talking about. Uh, in 2022, which was a year ago, for the Baja 1000, there was no live in-car cameras. This year, we had roughly 40 or 50 live in-car cameras and we reached almost 750,000 people. Progress. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. <laughs> um, but these are all passionate people like you, right. like Zach, like uh, a bunch of other people around us, Brian Moore, but everybody, like all of these people, they care about sharing off-road and building it up. And that's exactly what you want to do by doing these interviews with Dirt Life. And I really like the way that off-road has positioned itself because it can be such a massive entity and get so many people involved if it's just the right showcase. It's it's definitely a community for sure. Like being able to group up with people that like you guys share the same passion and like putting the drive and the work into it. It's definitely worth it. But. Yeah. And like how many people do you know that are like your best friends for life because of off-road? Oh, literally. Everyone I know. Yeah. Like literally. Everyone. Huh? Yeah. But Yeah. I do agree. Uh, Rex wants to know what your guys' favorite part of racing is. Besides the going fast part. <laughs> I don't Besides know. Besides the horsepower. Going fast is pretty sweet. Uh, I think so, too. Um, one of the things that I like most is the, uh, I think it goes full circle, but is the teamwork 
and the amount of payback that your team gets when you win mm-hmm. or when you do well. Yeah. Because that's like a, a victory in itself, right? Mm-hmm. When you see smiles on other people's faces, yeah. boom, makes it all worth it, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the things that actually drives me the most is like, uh, people always used to ask me if I get nervous. I don't have that in me. Like, I don't get nervous. I get excited. Yeah. Like, really excited. Like, to the point where I forget to breathe excited. Like, <laughs> so happy. Like, yeah. Like, jumping out of my seat happy, right? Um, but I love that feeling. Yeah. Because, like... I guess it's the adrenaline. You know how, like, when you get on a roller coaster and you're just like, oh, my God. Yeah, like, yeah. that's how I get, like, before a race. I just get so amped. I'm yeah. so pumped up to do it. That's one of the best feelings that a human being can feel, right? Yeah. It's like flying. Yeah, I agree. So, what like, what's your fave, though? Is it going faster? Like, Ooh, I don't know if I could narrow it down to a favorite, but I'd say one of, like, definitely one of the highlights of racing is... Uh, like I feel like we've got this like progress thing going on, but yeah. like definitely progress. Like being in the middle of a race and like just all the anticipation. Like oh my gosh, I don't know what's gonna happen in this next corner, but like I know I just did the best corner of my life back there. You know, you what know I, mean? I gotta do it better. Right, <laughs> exactly. Like sitting there in the car, like just like turn after turn, straight after straight, like going through like the actual racing part, the like the whole race, the the start, the beginning, the middle, like yeah. I love it all. Like, it's all just. I have. So that brings up another. Like, I have another answer to this question. When I raced dirt bikes, one of my favorite moments of all time, uh, I was on 80s. So I was like just a kid at the time. And I remember I fell down in the first corner. And I was like, it was like, did you ever seen that? Uh, what's the Will Ferrell movie where he's like, uh, oh, that's a GoPro. Uh, <laughs> what's the Will Ferrell movie where he's. Uh, uh, he's having the spelling bee and they're like, what happened? He's like, I don't know. I just blacked out. <laughs> and then he like, he nailed all the whole thing. He like aced everything and everything <laughs> was like the most perfect. Uh, like he just nailed it. He was totally in the zone the whole time. I feel like I've watched this movie, but I can't like, I forgot what it name. was, Yeah, but he was competing against like little kids. So yeah. it was like super funny. Right. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, that. I fell down in the first turn and I was like, oh, shoot, my race is toast. Like, there's no way I'm going to be able to catch up. By the time we crossed the finish line, I was three feet from winning the race. Yeah. Like, I was so in the zone. It was like, I have I think maybe two or three times I've ever felt that same, like, level of focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but that level of focus is what I feel like um, Michael Jordan, Tiger yeah. Woods. Like, these guys have a way to just hone that skill set to that level of intensity right and i only got that a couple times in my life but holy cow i would love to have that it's like or the movie that where he like swallows the red pill or the blue pill and he's like laser focused yes, i know that movie like that yes i know i what you wish mean. i could get that yeah um i think kind of like an analogy but like when you go down like a tunnel and mm-hmm. like, or you know, like how you don't have, sometimes you don't have like peripheral vision or something, mm-hmm. re- like narrowing down to something so specific. Like when you're racing, it, sometimes like I could be thinking about something else, but there's some races where like literally all I have in my sight or in my head is just how I'm going to make it to this next corner, how I'm going to make it to this, like constantly just 
You know what I mean? Nothing else is distracting you. Nothing else is getting in the way. Like, yeah, that's a special power that you have then. It's It happens rarely, but like mostly because I just overthink a lot. So I like constantly am thinking about a bunch of different things. But when you're really in the zone, you're really like in it to win it. Like yeah. everything just slows into like a tunnel. Not going to lie. When I started racing side-by-sides, I remember being at Wild Horse Pass going up the first straightaway thinking about a turkey sandwich. Like it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. It like, was not sometimes good. Sometimes it's like that. And sometimes it's like feel like you're on fire yeah so uh yeah and so that's one of the things that i wish i could have gotten more is like that level of focus like what you have right yeah. well you still got opportunities to do that dude <laughs> we're, we're working on it <laughs> <laughs> i wonder how people like that are like let's just say rob mccacken or like bryce menzies because i feel like they've got just a little bit more of that than all of us they're on a whole nother level <laughs> but um, I one person that I do want to get on soon is Caden McCackern. But Ooh, that'd be cool. Yeah. So, um, Caden and Brock Hager are supposed to do a show. I think actually maybe next week. So, if you want to do that with us, again. yeah, I would love to. talking about Baja. Yeah. So, uh, Desert Squadron was saying uh, tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. Just like what you were saying. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I guess that's one word to put it, but that's exactly what I mean. Like, really, just like laser focused also being like passionate about something like gives you like like the energy to be able to do something like that not a lot of people can say or a lot of people say like man i've never really focused that hard on something but if you really care about something oh you will yeah you will yeah there's you find superpowers in yourself that you don't realize you have until you really care about something that's exactly what i was talking about about the normalcy like what you think is normal does not have to be normal. You can go way exactly. above that level. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's limits. I don't think there's a limit to anything, but for even for everybody, everybody just has a different, like, capacity of something. Well, how about this? What we should tell people is if you think there's limits on you, you can always slide into the DMs for the Dirt Life or Bella's DMs and ask what she thinks that your limit is. I guarantee she's going to say there isn't. Yeah, there probably isn't one. It'd be there's cool to hear other people's stories, though, too. Yes. I do agree. Like how they've bypassed things that they thought were limiting them. Yeah. I feel like these are definitely some questions that we should like move with um, for the future for like more Bella's Corner episodes. Like ask Caden McCacker yes. what he thought was a limit. Because, yeah, thinking like this whole like topic that we got going on with like things, this more like intimate conversations and stuff like that. We've never really, I've never really thought about to like ask like r- other racers these. I wanted to start off with you, obviously, but. I think it'd be really cool to kind of get to like know like, you know what what is their superpower that they found out. I think it'd be so fantastic. Like if you ask people like let's just say Bryce Menzies, he just won the Baja 1000 overall, right? Like yes. you could ask him those same questions and see like learn from the best, right? Right. So you know you have advice and you can take it with you. Dude, totally. Yeah, I agree. I can't wait for some of this stuff, dude. You got <laughs> <Dude>. plans. <laughs> wait, what were they saying? Progress. Progress. <laughs> I think that needs to be the new title of this show (laughs) bella's corner aka progress aka progress um well is there anything that you want to bring up no i just i like having these conversations because it makes me feel like well i even know you better now right but like when you talked about the like the support mechanism stuff one thing that i know about you is that you're very open you're honest and you are able to Take constructive criticism, whether it's 
well, even negative criticism, you're able to accept it, right? Like you're open and willing to accept it. Is that easy for you? Because there's a lot of stuff that people could say that could feel totally mean. Yeah. But if you have an open perspective like you do, does it make it easier for you to move past certain things or learn from that? Yes. I think it's definitely like an advantage for me personally because like being able to like take something in and know that like they don't mean it and necessarily to bring me down or degrade me. They mean it like to see me succeed and it, it just depends on how you take it. Somebody could say something to two different people and they could one could be super sensitive about it and the other person could yeah. strive with it. It really just depends on how you take something in and how you process it. That's all in your control. So when you like let's just say I told you right now, like, haha, you can't eat a piece of cheesecake. <laughs> how do you take that? Like well give me an example. I'd probably laugh a little bit. <laughs> I'd probably but to me, like, I would laugh, too, and yeah. I would just be like, oh, screw that. But it hurts a little bit. Yeah. Like, dude, I want a piece of cheesecake. Like, <laughs> I want a piece of cheesecake, but, yeah, I, I totally get that. I mean, I, but that's where I'd say, like, progress. Like, before, I used to be, like, wanting to cry, you know, like, uh -huh, that's funny, and then probably go in the corner and tell my mom my feelings were hurt. <laughs> yeah, totally. But then, I, like, I also think about it, too. Like, um, I have this weird thing, and I, you're learning it. I feel like you're doing a very good job at it. In my head, where I go you know what? I do want a piece of cheesecake, but it's better that I don't have it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm actually winning more than them eating the cheesecake. Yeah. Like it's kind of funny how it turns back around, yeah. but um, it might kind of sound like a trick in my head to like to me, but there is some sort of truth behind it. It is. It's going to benefit you in the long run. So it's weird, right? Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> so maybe sometimes the answer is you got to trick yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I do agree with that though. Um, but I think that it's good that the way you're dealing with all that stuff, especially with all the, uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Like Zach and I were actually talking about it the other day. Like it's difficult for younger people to grow up these days. Cause there's so many, uh, things being said, you know, like there's so many, uh, so much noise yeah. from the outside, like yeah. social media and all this shit that people are saying, like all over the place. Like it's difficult. Yeah. It's really difficult. And you're learning very quickly that, some of the noise is you could be a sponge and accept it and it makes you a better person and the other noise you just throw in the trash. Right. It's it's definitely something that you learn as you grow up, especially in the racing industry, like that you know like to decide, is this worth like taking advice from? Is this source like good for me? Is this good energy? Is this, you know that that's really important, like what you let in your life and what you don't let in your life. If you're like listening to the show right now, um either on iTunes or about as a podcast, or if you're watching it, what do you tell people to do, like to decipher whether it's going to be good for them or bad? Um, or I guess, how do they deal with it? I would say, I mean, I, I totally believe in like gut instincts. I think that, you know, like, you know, what's good for you and you know, what's not good for you. I, especially at, as you get older and you learn and you learn from your parents, but I think a lot is with just like experiencing like you that's the whole point of living like that's when you find out oh this isn't good for me this is good for me you know yeah. I should hang around these people I shouldn't be around these people like that's just a part of growing up the older you get the wiser you are yeah you know what you're right it does like and I don't know I, I feel like you should listen to everything yeah whether it's good bad or indifferent right? yeah but take the things that you think are going to make you progress yeah yeah 
I 100% agree. That's wild, man. Um, yeah, I don't know how much whether people um, can take this and make it better for themselves, but I think you did a really good job. Yeah. <laughs> I think some people, like, that That also comes with it, like, taking in stuff. Like, some people can be, like we said at the beginning, more open-minded to taking in, like, constructive criticism and, like, oh, yes, I can grow. I can progress. I can be a better person. Like, Actually, that's a good question to ask then, too. Like, what if you're a, a stubborn kid or a stubborn adult, for that matter, <laughs> and you just don't want to listen to people? Do you think that's going to help or hurt you? No, it's going to hurt you 100%. I think you have – we're all put here to, to learn from each other and to grow with each other and build relationships and stuff. So ignoring, you know, constructive criticism will harm you. Yeah, totally. Desert Squadron just said that, like, take it all in. Yeah. It's how you process it and what uh, you do with it that actually determines your outcome and happiness. Yeah. I agree 100%. Yeah. It it really does. Man, this is a pretty intense episode. I like it. Yeah, me too. Um, well, one thing I did want to say um, was the greatness of positivity and how powerful it can be, especially in racing and just in life in general. But being able to find the good in a difficult situation and turning mistakes into learning experiences. So. 100%. I had a very difficult time. Um, I don't know if you want me to expand on that or if you want to end, but I had a very difficult time with finding the good in that last accident that happened to me. Yeah. It was very difficult. Right. Cause when I got out of the hospital, I was still blind. I couldn't see, I couldn't hear anything. Like all those little things that I was telling you about, like they had to put my eyes back in the sockets. Like my right eye still doesn't work. Right. And I don't know if you've seen me, but I turn my head really far when I look at you. It's cause I can't see out of my right eye. They had to cut my ears off. My ears are built out of titanium now because I couldn't hear. They had to drill through my head and open up my ear holes again. Like when I still hear every day, I can hear, but I can hear about 40% of what you have. It's like I'm in a fishbowl all the time. So like all of these different things that you're saying, like you have to understand and respect the life that you're given and how much it means because there's no way that you can make progress unless you realize how good you already have it. Yeah. It's crazy. I completely agree. Like, you know you have room to grow, but you have to appreciate what you've gone through to be able to grow. Yeah. 100%. Exactly. Just being thankful that, you know, you've gone through some of this stuff and very life-threatening stuff and still like, oh, I'm still here. You know, there's a reason why I'm here. So. Exactly. And it's not just me. Like, everybody goes through their own stuff. Yeah. Um, But it always helps to understand what other people go through, too. Yeah. I, I get it, for sure. So what's next on your schedule? <sighs> next on my schedule? Well, there's no racing for me till January. Dude, that's like coming right up. <laughs> that's a long time. <laughs> but um, next up is probably more Bella's Corner action. I'm really excited for the future for this. I think bringing more people that we know and don't know is really going to at least try to grow the sport. So. I have a question for Zach then since you're talking about Bella's Corner. He's going to have to answer it, so he's going to have to press that little red button on the audio thing. Okay. So, Zach, after being here producing a Bella's Corner episode, what's your constructive criticism for Bella's Corner? Let's hear it. Uh, Other than George needs to get some more computers. (laughs) George, you have way too many computers. (laughs) you got to slim it down a little bit. But uh, the cool thing is, is that 
um, in this type of arena, it, it, it succeeds out of passion. And when you are able to have a connection with your audience and those that you're interviewing, um, with a passionate mindset, um, you know, that's where you succeed. So I think that you're right on track with wanting to pursue that. And, um, you, you've taken quite the, uh, prepared approach to the way you think about your questions and things like that. You're going to, you're going to do fine. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. See, he said it way better than I could have. <laughs> I just think you're kicking ass, dude. <laughs> well, I appreciate both of them. Yeah. It uh, means a lot. Yeah. But the, like he said, passion yeah. and progress. Yes. Yeah. It's the name of the game. Yeah. I think that's what keeps people going is passion. Totally. Like your brother is really passionate about doing 12 o'clock wheelies on his Cerrone. Oh, Cruz is passionate about Fortnite. Is he probably playing Fortnite right now? I don't need to listen to Bella's dumb podcast. I'm going to play Fortnite. <laughs> what goes through his brain. Really? Yes. <laughs> you just quoted it. <laughs> I love it. That's so awesome. All right. Yeah. Let's thank everybody. Yeah. Well, we'd love to thank you guys first because you are why we do this. So thank you to everybody that chimed in, you know, with all the comments and stuff like that. Everyone that viewed it um, took the time to listen to what we had to say. It means a lot, and we couldn't do it without you. So Best you. part about it is, you know what we should do? Let's do this, because I keep forgetting. We have a Maxis hat that is similar to this. You guys can't see it unless you're watching uh, on YouTube or Instagram. But if you are watching on, uh, here, let's put it right here. Oh. If you are listening on, uh, let's see, iTunes or uh, any of the social, or excuse me, uh, audio platforms, we have a Max's hat like that, but it's signed by Jeremy McGrath. Mm. <laughs> we should give it away pretty soon. Yeah. So maybe you want to do that on Bella's Corner? Yeah, I'm down. Okay. So, let's uh, do it. How about this? For everybody that sends in a message uh, to Bella, you're automatically entered to win. And we're going to do a social media promo, too. We'll yeah. do, like, a story or something uh, so that we can get a little bit of information to Maxis and to us. Um, but, yeah, I think we should start it off like that. So yeah. That, and we'll try to get some more people to watch Bella's Corner next time, too. Yeah, we'll make sure you guys stay tuned with stuff like that. We'll post about it and keep you guys updated. So, so tune into all the social media networks, Facebook, YouTube, uh, all the uh, iTunes and Google Play and all of the... Uh, audio platforms uh hit us up at the dirt life show on any of the social channels especially instagram because that's where we answer most of the stuff and like bella said at the beginning of the show please share the show with all your homies yes all the homies need to know oh fun fact or stat that i just noticed this week uh-huh. we're almost to nine thousand people organically really never ever paid one penny and we got almost 9,000 people on the Dirt Life. Look at that. You guys are real homies. Yeah, exactly. I think we're like 10 away or something. But yeah. like, dude, we should, yeah. How about this? Ain't nobody getting this hat until we reach 9,000. So you better hurry up and go like be a p- friend of the Dirt Life show. Progress. Dude. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Let's thank the sponsors. Yeah. So we'd love to thank Motul, um, KMC Wheels for everything you guys for us and um, Evolution Power Sports repping them right now but you guys are the power that we need so thank you yeah I love that sweater too <laughs> thanks to guys over at Max's Tires KMC Wheels Shock Therapy JL Audio uh, and Zolander Racing Products as well alright Bella sign us out girl well this was episode 4 of Bella's Corner we'll, we'll be back for more um, in January but thank you to George for 
sharing a little bit about your life and yeah. Thank you to Zach. Thank you to Zach, of course, for and producing where we this episode. We are at Visions Vision Sport Canopies, so thank you so much for letting us rent out this little place for the yeah. night. Thanks, guys. We really appreciate it. So catch us on the next Dirt Life show. Probably going to be a Baja 1000 recap show. We love you guys. Good night. Thanks for listening to the Dirt Life show. See you next week.